MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday here on VEASAN. I am Mark Zinno. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us as we get set for the NBA playoffs. Beginning today in earnest after the playing tournaments were completed last night. The Atlanta Hawks defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers in furious comeback fashion last night. Uh, and the New Orleans Pelicans take care of the Los Angeles Clippers, Sans Paul George, who uh, did not make, the, uh, did not play in the game last night. Ultimately, you know the difference in the game, and, and really what would have been the difference, uh, probably in the spread when you look at it. As soon as George was announced that he was out, it went from the uh, uh, Pelicans being a four-point dog to essentially a pick'em. Uh, so the Pelicans win and cover last night on the road, um, and give some credit to the Atlanta Hawks, by the way, uh, as you know they were down as many as fourteen to Cleveland. Um, Clint Capella gets hurt. Uh, there's no word on his status yet uh, at the end of the first half. And they, they just look completely out of sorts. Trey Young just took over that game last night, 32 points in the second half. It was absolutely insane to watch. Um, when he gets going, it's fun to watch. Uh, yes, I live here in Atlanta. I'm not necessarily, I mean, I'm a Knicks fan because I grew up in New York, but um, I, I certainly have a lot of fun watching Trey. Uh, and he, he continues to be a little bit disrespected by the NBA writers and circles. And again, this was a guy who didn't, make first team all NBA didn't make second team all NBA and didn't make third team all NBA. Uh, he was top five in scoring in the league. Um, you know, he averages 29 and 10 a night. I mean, I, you know, I'm not sure what else he has to do to get recognition, but 
uh, in these playoff moments and in these playoff stages, he he seems to uh, seems to elevate. And it's interesting because last year in the playoffs, in all three game ones that he played on the road, he had 32 points against the Knicks. They won game one on the road. He had 35 points uh, against the Sixers. He won game one on the road. And he had 48 points against the Bucks. And they won game one on the road. Um, now, obviously, they went out to lose to the Bucs. You get that point. But still, nonetheless, um, Trey seems to show up in these moments as the Hawks getting six and a half. Um, but some of this may be a little bit different with the play-in tournament um, this year than it was last year. So uh, more on, on the Hawks tomorrow on Point Spread Sunday as they will uh, start their playoff journey in earnest uh, against the Miami Heat. But uh, as we look at the playoffs uh, starting today and, and look at futures for who can win the title and who can win their respective conferences. Look, I mean, I say this plainly, um, and I don't think the numbers are all that bad. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 225 to win the East and plus 475 to win the title for me, that's good enough to make a wager. I don't think anybody can beat Milwaukee. I think when push comes to shove, Giannis is just too much for everybody. And I know the Suns are great and Devin Booker there and, and, and all the weapons that they have. I, I get it. I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see Milwaukee losing. Um, given where they are. It's going to take a, a Herculean performance from somebody to be able to beat that team. So full disclosure, that's what I would back uh, both of those plays, Milwaukee to win the East and uh, to win the NBA title. Now that said, I think there's some of the value if Milwaukee gets tripped up uh, in some other ways that you can, you can look at your wagers and see if you can, you know, earn something. Um, the, th the two other teams in the East, honestly, that I would put my money on, are the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. The problem is, is that not only are the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets playing each other, in the next round, the winner of that series is going to likely face the Milwaukee Bucks, who should dispatch the Bulls in about five games. So there, there's no point, if you if you believe Milwaukee is going to win the thing, there's no point to bet on anybody else because uh, I, I think the two most of the viable teams are Boston and Brooklyn. Um, and I, I just don't know that Brooklyn can put together seven consecutive games of consistent basketball um, to be able to beat Milwaukee. And I don't think it'll go seven games. I think Milwaukee will probably take care of them in six, but that's, you know, again, different conversation. But I do think it's, you know, again, for the conference, one of the, for the Nets to be plus 350 and the Celtics to be plus 400. I love the Celtics price at plus 400, but I just get, it doesn't make any sense to take it. it for me, it's, just, it's, I have to look at the other side of the bracket. And so is it Miami or is it Philadelphia or maybe even Toronto? Uh, Miami's at plus 400. I think there's great value there. And Philadelphia's at plus 600. I would, here's the problem for me with Philadelphia. I have to wait for them to see what their first round series looks like. Um, because it's one of these things where it's like, I feel like Philadelphia is either losing this first series or they're in a seven game series in the Eastern conference finals. Like that's kind of how I feel like that's the feast or famine, you know, situation that presents itself with the 76ers. Um, they're, they're, you know, now that we've got a larger sample set with, with James Harden, they've been a little bit sort of schizophrenic. You know, they came out of the gate hot when Harden first got there, and they looked like they were going to be unbeatable. And then they sort of tailed off a little bit, and their defense got bad, and they haven't been scoring as many points as you'd like them to. And, and Harden's having some off-shooting nights. And so it's like, who are these 76ers really don't know yet at this point in time? So before I would make a wager on Philadelphia, i got to wait and see. And once they get past the first round, that plus 600 isn't going to be there anymore. So it's really tough for me to to make a wager on them and feel comfortable doing it. Um, and and while the Heat are a very deep team, uh, and I think they will take care of Atlanta and they'll be on to the next round, are they good enough to, to beat a Philadelphia and 
a Milwaukee or even a Brooklyn and a Boston, uh, you know, any of those three teams in back-to-back -back series. I mean, Jimmy Butler is fantastic. If there's anybody who could overcome it, it's him. It just seems like a really tall order uh, for me to be able to do it, uh, for him to be able to do it. They have an easier path to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't know that they'll be able to overcome uh, if the Raptors get past the 76ers, now that makes the path a lot easier for Miami. I think that's also the other thing you have to look at uh, in the East. So um, that's kind of where I would look at that as far as the Eastern Conference is is concerned. When you go over to the West, uh, obviously there's no issues with Phoenix. If Dallas was healthy and Luka was healthy, um, do I think Dallas could give Phoenix a run for their money? Yes. Uh, I don't think they'd win the series, but it probably would be a six or seven game series. And that may be enough for a team like Golden State, uh, who is likely going to be on fresh legs or fresher legs uh, in this thing. I mean, the, the the semifinals between Golden State and Memphis, which I think both those teams get past their first round matchups, uh, is going to be a great series to watch. I hope it goes seven games. I genuinely do. Um, and again, when you have the Warriors at plus 390 to win the West, I don't think you can turn that down. I'll back Steph Curry at four to one. There's no reason not to. I know how good Phoenix is, and I'm not saying that, uh, that that Golden State absolutely can beat them. But I will say from a value standpoint, I wouldn't turn down Steph Curry at 4-1. to one. Memphis at plus 475 to win it, um, to me, uh, to win the West, that is, to me, feels about right. But you're asking them to not only get past Golden State, but then get past Phoenix. And that, I don't think for a young team, despite the fact how much they can score and how exciting they are and how good John Moran has been. For me, I look at that and, and, and I, I think you're asking them too much to beat two experienced veteran teams uh, that have been down that road before. I mean, Memphis and John Moran really haven't had a deep playoff run ever, uh, or at least this Grizzlies team is constructed. So, you know, I, I don't, it's hard for me to, without seeing it yet, to put a lot of faith in it. Um, and, and what are they going to do in a must-win spot in a game five, um, you know, at home against a team like the, the Warriors where Steph can, you know, drop 40 on you without breaking a sweat? So it, it's it's those situations that I don't really have any clarity on. Um, and again, with, with Memphis being a favorite in a lot of these individual games, um, let's see how they respond as far as covering the number and how closer these games are than what you normally would think they would be, given how well they played during the regular season. So for me, it's Golden State from a value standpoint, and that's it. Uh, I don't really see any other team as a legitimate threat. I don't. Uh, I think Denver has got some holes on defense, as we talked about earlier. Um, and maybe if they get Jamal Murray back and, and uh, you know, uh, Michael Porter Jr., if they get him back, if they could be a little bit of a deeper team and a better defensive team. I absolutely think that could be the case, but although those guys are going to be hundred percent and how much time will they have to play when they haven't played at all this year. So uh, again, Dallas losing Luca completely takes them out of the picture. So why even waste your time? Um, there's nobody else. Uh, I mean, the jazz, I, I guess, theoretically, but I don't see them getting past Phoenix. Uh, I, I don't know that they can keep up offensively with Phoenix uh, and the weapons that they have. So for me, that's where it's Phoenix or Golden State, and I don't see value in Phoenix, so I'm going to back Golden State uh, to win the West. And even Golden State to win the title at plus 850, I think, isn't a bad bet. Just because of the team, the guys who have done it before, the coach, um, they are not afraid of any of th those moments 
going through the NBA postseason. They've done all this. And if they have a healthy Draymond, which they do, and a healthy Steph and Clay, uh, that feels like it could be enough. There's enough shooting on that Golden State team to make everybody worry uh, and cause a lot of fits for a lot of good defensive teams coming out of the East, whether it is a Miami, who's a great defensive team, uh, a Milwaukee, who's got a huge size advantage over anybody else, uh, or even a Celtics team that is is locked down on defense. Um, I think all those those things right there, shooting is the great equalizer when it comes to it. So uh, for teams like, you know, the the Phoenix Suns or uh, the Golden State Warriors that have great shooting, you know, uh, it, it sort of negates a little bit of the defensive issues or the defensive challenges, I should say, that those teams present. So, you know, I think that there is a, a ton left uh, for uh the NBA playoffs. I'm, I'm curious to see how these first couple of games go, how teams uh, start and set the tone going forward. Um, we have four games today, four games tomorrow, uh, and we will have all eight series underway in the NBA postseason. All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll get back to uh, Major League Baseball uh, and try to take a look at some futures there as well. But we have a full slate of 15 games, all 30 teams in action. I'll give you some of my plays for the day and some of the things that I'm looking at going forward in Major League Baseball. That is coming up next right on VSIN on Point Spread Saturday, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zeno. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. We'll be right back here on Point Spread Saturday. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSN, the sports betting network. This segment of Betting Across America is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine? Have you been looking, hoping, wishing? For a more satisfying, discreet, or smoke-free way to experience nicotine satisfaction, just look for three letters, Z, Y, N. Zinn nicotine pouches are satisfying, and they're a smoke-free, spit-free, tobacco alternative. They're available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, and citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. They're available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Find a store near you and find your Zinn. Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zinno. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Coming up here in 15 minutes, we will get back to the NBA as uh, Rohit Panaya will join us uh, as Rohit, I'm sorry, Rohit Panaya will join us as we look at the NBA games on the slate for today. That's coming up here in about 15 minutes. And of course, we'll have all of my final plays for you guys today uh, across the board in all of NBA, Major League Baseball, and even the NHL. As uh, as we continue on here on Point Spread Saturday, but let's get back to the Major League Baseball schedule here today. Uh, just a couple of things to look at uh, going forward. Uh, you know, I talked about some of the games that, that I was on earlier, uh, and just some of the other games that I've kind of looked at out of the corner of my eye today, and just some numbers that sort of stand out to me. Uh, and again, I'll give you all my final Major League Baseball plays in the final segment of the show. But uh, a couple of things that stood out to me. Uh, you look at the the Toronto Blue Jays. There are two consistent teams that I look at overs for right now to start the season. The Toronto Blue Jays 
and the Texas Rangers. Um, and, and when you're getting a, a nine for Toronto at home uh, against an Oakland A's team that that doesn't exactly, you know, uh, scare you offensively. Um, and this is an Oakland team uh, that that strikes out a lot. Uh, they're not very competent, but um, it, you're asking you're asking Toronto to do most of the heavy lifting in this game um, to be able to get over the total. Uh, they're starting uh, Ryu for the Blue Jays, a uh, very competent pitcher, you know, at minus 105. I don't think the run line is a terrible bet for for Toronto, given what you're paying. Uh, I don't know if Oakland's going to be able to score enough here to in that game to be able to keep up. But uh, Toronto's offense certainly could take care of Oakland, Atlanta and San Diego. Ian Anderson on the mound. Ian Anderson got rocked in his first start uh, of the year. I expect him to bounce back. Uh, and it's interesting that you look at the run line, it's minus one and a half, but it's plus 146 uh, for Ian Anderson today. I, I think he's going to have a bounce back game. Um, the Braves have been a little bit, you know, inconsistent to start the season. They're striking out more than any other team in Major League Baseball at this point in time. That's a little bit of a problem. But San Diego strikes out a ton, too. Uh, it really is a question of whether the Braves' bats wake up. You know, in the games that the Braves have 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 won, clearly – their their offense is doing what we think it would do and what we would expect it to do, given the guys in that lineup, right? I mean, this is a a very accomplished professional lineup with guys who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Um, you know, you see the games where they win, they're winning with big numbers. You see the games that they lose, they're not scoring. Um, and, and that really, you know, it's it's very obvious to say, but early on in the season, I would expect would have expected more consistency out of this Braves lineup. What are you going to get from Ian Anderson today? Tough to figure out, but you know, again, uh, I I would think that he would bounce back in that game. I talked to you earlier about the the Sunny Gray K prop. Uh, it's a little bit of a red flag for me that it is that heavy at minus one fifty eight for only four and a half. And the Red Sox are a team that's averaging over nine strikeouts a game this year. Um, Tanner Houck uh, is on the mound. He lost last time out to the Yankees. Uh, or at least that start, uh, the team lost. And I don't know if he took the actual loss in the game, but nonetheless, um, this is a a total at nine and a half. I think that can go over for both of these teams. Uh, I, this is a, a game here at Fenway in, in outside of the monster, a little bit of a, a hitter's ballpark in, in, in Fenway. Um, and the Minnesota Twins lineup is very good. So uh, the over doesn't scare me there. Um, you know, you're paying a little bit. It's it's juice to the over at minus 118 compared to the under at minus 104. Um, but I think both those teams will score. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians have been the highest scoring team in the league this year, uh, but they're taking on the San Francisco Giants today. And um, that total is set at eight. Uh, Cleveland now, you know, after what was a, a very fast start offensively um, over the last couple of games, I guess kind of come back down to, to earth a little bit, I guess you could say. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's really hard to figure out, um, given the fact we're only a week into the season. But uh, the Giants held them just one run last night. But you look at the four-game winning streak that the, the Guardians were on. They scored 17, 10, 10, and 7 uh, in those four games. So uh, that offense is humming. But the Giants have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. So you're seeing a little bit of a depressed total uh, in this game. Uh, Cleveland is home. And again, all those big runs that they scored, uh, they scored on the road, uh, and after losing their home opener yesterday, it kind of feels like a bounce-back spot a little bit for Cleveland. 
against a very good San Francisco pitching staff. But Cleveland plus one and a half on the on the run line there is probably where I'd go. Although, again, that is heavily juiced at minus 178. I do like the total at eight when you get an even number like that. That's juiced to the over at 115. Um, I would probably play the over in that spot. Another over team, as I mentioned, the Texas Rangers against the Angels. Uh, the only thing that's keeping this total below 10 is the fact that Noah Syndergaard is starting for the Angels. It's at nine right now, uh, and the under is plus 100, and um, the over is at minus 122. But this is a Rangers team that just scores runs in bunches. Um, and at nine, even though it's Syndergaard's going to have to have one of those starts where it was almost like Clayton Kershaw on that perfect game start where he had. In order for for this thing to go over, Syndergaard's probably going to have to be pulled earlier than what's expected. If he's pulled after five, I think the over can hit. But that's a big if just based off of how much Joe Madden is going to push Noah Syndergaard to get deeper into these games this early in the season. Um, a lot of teams aren't doing that at this point in time, but it's the second start around. I'm curious to see how managers are going to react in this second start for a lot of these pitchers where are they going to let them go into the sixth, into the seventh in certain games? I think that's a little bit of variance that we really can't eliminate um, between these two teams, between, you know, any starting pitcher. But in particular in this game, you know, how much is Joe Madden going to trust Noah Syndergaard? We'll find out. Another game I think is interesting. If you talk about that first inning, uh, that first inning over a half run, St. Louis leads Major League Baseball. They're averaging two runs in the first inning this year to start the season. Again, it's early, but they're a team that is averaging two runs uh, in the first inning. I wouldn't, I wouldn't run from that. Uh, you, you sort of play into it. So um, Milwaukee hasn't really been great at scoring in the first inning this year. And in fact, I don't think Milwaukee's giving up a first inning run this year. Uh, I have to double check it real quick, but um, Milwaukee is uh, averaging 0.8 runs in the first inning to start this season. So you might not be in a bad spot right there to, uh, take the first inning number, and let me just check and see uh, where the juice is on that. Because again, you know, when you see these first innings, if if it's more than, you know, typically like 135 is where my limit is on what I'm willing to pay as far as the juice is concerned, um, and it's only at minus 112 to the over. It's not bad, uh, but I think that's a game that could go over in the first inning between those two teams. And I think that St. Louis's lineup has done a great job this year at scoring runs on the regular. Um, and you look at the final of the game, I wanted to, to, to just take a note that, because the total is incredible. Uh, it's 12 between the Chicago Cubs and the Colorado Rockies. Um, the Rockies haven't really been scoring, and, and Coors Field, at least the start, you know, has been a, a little bit less than normal as far as runs scored. But some of that may have to do with the weather. Uh, again, the... the um, the cold weather, it affects pitchers more than it does hitters, but um, it's just typically runs are, are, are scored less in cold weather games. Um, and so this is a big number right now. But again, both of these uh, these pitching staffs aren't very good. Uh, and so I think it's one of those spots where it's too much for me to take um, the over, even though it is juiced to the under at minus 114. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me if that was a, you know, 7-5 or, you know, 8-5 kind of final when it's all said and done. Um, and then finally, the Reds and the Dodgers. I talked about Hunter Green earlier. Interesting what his K prop is, but uh, the Dodgers uh, are only minus 120 on the run line at minus one and a half. It's one of those things where the rookie, I'm just fading the rookie in this spot. Hunter Green had a great first start against the Braves. Uh, he's going up against another very talented lineup. 
in the Los Angeles Dodgers. Was that just a first start thing? Will he come back down to earth? I'd probably say yes. Uh, given the spring that he had, you know, uh, I'm just basing it off of that and 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 the sort of totality of the thing. So maybe the Dodgers will play as well. All right, coming up next, let's get back to the NBA. Rohit Panaya will join us as we look at the four games on the slate coming up right here on Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back with more on this Saturday. Stay with us right here on VSIN. Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans, Michael Lombardi, or former GM, will give his draft analysis. VSEN host Mike Pritchard, who was a first-round pick and former quarterback Sean King, will give you all the insight that you can bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and voice of the Las Vegas Raiders. Brent Musburger will give his draft best bets in our NFL draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VEASAN through the NFL draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash spring. Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zinno. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O is the handle. Let's get back to the NBA playoffs. Four games uh, starting things off here today. Uh, right in the middle of the afternoon on the East Coast here. And joining us now, Rohit Panaya from Covers, the NBA analyst here on Point Spread Saturday as we look at some of these opening series here. Rohit, welcome, and thanks for being here this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mark. Uh, one of the one of my plays today and one of the games that I really like today is Toronto uh, getting four and a half or in five certain cases from the Philadelphia 76ers, but this might not be the cakewalk series that some people are, are putting out there for the 76ers. And I kind of feel like it's it's one of these things where Philadelphia is either getting knocked out in the first round or they're in a seven game series in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if there's much of an in between, uh, but how do you see this series playing out? And, and is Toronto that much of a matchup nightmare for Philadelphia that I think it is? You know, in a lot of ways, I think this is going to be a very popular uh, underdog play for a lot of people entering the playoffs. The Raptors had so much success against them during the regular season. Uh, we saw them beat them three times. Uh, the one game they lost, they were missing Fred Van Vliet and OG, and that was before Christmas. So I think a lot of people are going to be kind of riding the Raptors in this one, especially with Ty Bull not being able to play in Toronto. Uh, but at the same time, I think especially for game one with this taking place in Philly, I think there is value on the 76ers here. Uh, the big matchup, a disadvantage for the 76ers, of course, is that they don't do a great job at defending in transition. Raptors are a great fast break team. But at the same time, in postseason, you see more of a emphasis on isolation. You see benches shorten. And I think uh, you're going to be seeing guys like you're going to see Embiid. You're going to see Harden logging 40 plus minutes. And I think that's going to be really tough for the Raptors to deal with. They didn't do a great job at uh, handling and beat during the regular season. Nobody does. 
and now all of a sudden you're going to be seeing him get major, major minutes moving forward. Uh, as far as the Raptors go, they've got such a diverse attack, so many guys that can score. Uh, but if you look at the high-end talent on these two teams, I think there's no arguing that the 76ers have the edge there with Embiid and Harden, and I think that makes a difference in the postseason, and I think that's going to be really tough for the Raptors to deal with in, throughout this entire series, but especially when they're uh, on the road in Philly. Turn our attention uh, to the Boston Celtics and Brooklyn Nets. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a series that everybody is watching. Boston's defense has been incredible, especially since the start of the calendar year of 2022. And I don't know that we've seen a ton of consistency from Brooklyn, Rohit. I mean, the, the bottom line for me in this series, as far as picking a winner and betting on a winner, I just can't back the Nets. Well, I think they're going to be fun to watch, and I think they probably do win the series. That said, I have yet to see them play any considerable stretch of consistent basketball on back-to-back -back nights or over the course of three or four games uh, that for me to really trust them with my money at this point. Are they going to be consistent enough to beat a very disciplined, well-coached team like the Celtics? You know, I think, I think that's such a threat for the Celtics because on any given night, if they play up to their ability, I think the Nets can beat anyone. Uh, the question, of course, is whether they could do it consistently. And we've seen the Celtics since, you know, just the start of the new year. The Celtics have perhaps been the most consistent team in the league. Nets still very up and down. Uh, but I think, like you said, you think the Nets are still going to win the series. I think this is pretty much a, like a coin flip or close to a coin flip. So I think there's a lot of value on the Nets uh, being able to get them at uh, plus money for this series because it is going to be a very tough uh, battle for the Celtics. We saw these teams play not too long ago with Durant with Irving and uh, they are just so tough to beat and as good as the Celtics are defensively I don't think there's really any team in the league that can stop those guys when they get going um, so I, I really do like the Nets in this series I think they've got a lot of value at plus uh, you know plus 150 that area to win the series uh, I'm not sure if that consistency I think that lack of consistency is going to really hurt them uh, if they go any further in the playoffs I don't think they're going to win the championship uh, but I think it makes them a very live underdog in this spot and I think I also really am going to like their value when you're going to see the Brooklyn at home, because I think a lot of people at this point are kind of uh, looking at that Brooklyn against the spread mark at home during the regular season. One of the worst numbers I've ever seen uh, and thinking that that's indicative of how they play at home. But really, that had a lot to do with the fact that Irving couldn't play at home during the regular season. And they went through the, a long stretch where Irving couldn't play at home. Harden was hurt, Durant was hurt, and their best offensive player at home for about a two-month stretch was Patty Mills. Uh, so I, I don't think you could really put too much stock into that. I think there's going to be a decent amount of value. You should We're probably going to see the Nets as slim, uh, slim underdogs at home, at least uh, depending on what happens the first couple of games of the series. So I think there's a lot of value in uh, getting the Nets at close to a pick-em price at home throughout the rest of the series. Rohit, if you like scoring, turn on the game when the uh, Grizzlies and T-Wolves play. Two highest-scoring offenses in the NBA and a monster total uh, in this game set near around 240. Uh, I, I would say that Minnesota's defense is markedly worse than Memphis's is, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, anything for when you're looking at totals in the siders. It is easy just to, to take the, the, the number if it's below 240 in this game and hope for the best. You know, I don't think so. I'm kind of going against the grain here. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams can score. Young teams love to run. Uh, both ran among the fastest uh, tempo in the league during the regular season. But postseason basketball always sees a slowdown in tempo. Uh, we've seen that during the play-ins. Uh, 
you know, all six play-in games ended up cashing the under, many of them easily. And, you know, we were looking at teams like the Timberwolves, teams that are high-scoring teams, which have suspect defense, teams like the Timberwolves, the Hawks, the Pelicans, all those teams easily cashed the unders in their play-in games. And we saw the intensity. We saw a little bit more defense. And we also, you know, we got to keep in mind, too, that both these are younger teams and all of a sudden you're playing in the playoffs. There's going to be a little bit of uh, nerves there as well. So I've got to think that uh, the under is actually the play here on uh, in game one, especially with such a big, big towering number. Um, like you said, uh, you know, the Grizzlies actually are a good defensive team in terms of defensive efficiency. Uh, they allow a decent number of points because they play so fast. But I think you're going to be seeing a little bit of a slower pace in this one. Uh, I think you're going to see these teams uh, still be very efficient on the offensive side of the floor. But I'm definitely leaning towards the under in this one. I think that number is just too, too big. Is Minnesota a little bit overconfident after their their win in the play-in tournament for, for a team like Memphis that has really, you know, does it on both ends of the floor? Absolutely. Uh, I think right now uh, Timberwolves are definitely due for a letdown. Uh, you know, coming into this one, especially after, you know, such an emotional win. And yeah, I mean, okay, we can say everything about how much they were acting like they won the NBA championship. Uh, and, you know, that really says a lot about their mindset going into this. Uh, they seem like a team that is going to be more than happy to be in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I have a hard time uh, thinking they'll be able to match that intensity uh, all of a sudden now that they're going up against a team like the Grizzlies that have consistently been good throughout the year, uh, consistently been beating teams even without John the lineup. And now all of a sudden this is a team that, you know, is stoked, ready for the playoffs and I think ready to make some noise. So I think uh, I think the T-Wolves are definitely due for a little bit of disappointment in game one. Uh, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a wake up call for them as well. Or a quick look at futures, I guess, to either win a conference or win a title. Is there a place where you're putting your money? Yeah, I mean, I think the big one here is uh, is is Phoenix. And I think uh, throughout the year, there was a lot of value on them. Obviously, the value's dried up by now. But, I mean, throughout the year, this was the best team in the league. And for whatever reason, odds makers just weren't convinced. Uh, now you're seeing them, you know, have a pretty good number to win the championship, pretty good number to come out of the West. I really like them to come out of the West here. Uh, they've already done it. We've seen them do it last year, 64-18 uh, during the regular season. But that was with Chris Paul and Devin Booker missing a combined, I think, 34 or 35 games. This is just such a great team on both sides of the ball. And I think there's major holes with a lot of the teams out West. I think the East is going to be much more of a dogfight, especially when you've got teams like the 76ers, the Nets, uh, who, you know, aren't the super high seeds but could end up taking it all. But I think out in the West, I mean, I think there's realistically only about three teams that I see making it out of there. And I think the Suns easily have the, the best path to do so. I'm still looking forward to it. I don't want to get too far ahead. But the Grizzlies and Warriors uh, in the Western Conference semi is going to be one hell of a series. I'm excited for that one. It sure is. And I think I think that's the big thing is that I think they're going to really hurt each other. I think that's going to go to seven games. Uh, whoever wins that is going to be coming out not in the greatest of shape. And I think they're probably going to end up playing against the Suns, which I think is, uh, is going to play right into Phoenix's hands. Can anybody beat the Bucks? You know what? I'm, I'm not really sure based on how they're playing right now, uh, especially when you see uh, just how well Giannis you know, steps up. We've seen him step up in the postseason. You know, during the regular season, this guy plays like barely 30 minutes a game. All of a sudden, the postseason, he's going to be logging major minutes. They can shoot from anywhere. They can run the floor. Such great length. Brooke Lopez back now. They're just too good, I think. And I, I think uh, I think they're a good bet to make it through the East, except for the fact that the East has just an absolute landmine. But I would say that the Bucks overall are probably the best team and probably the best bang for your buck if you're looking for future odds right now. 
Rohit Panaya from Covers NBA Analyst. Thanks for the time this morning. Enjoy the playoffs. Thanks for having me on. Good luck. I will give you my plays for the day right here on Point Spread Saturday on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. 
to start listening. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Prove your fighting spirit with the Playoffs Challenge presented by Modelo. Play free fantasy hoops in the eight-part contest series and compete for your share of $4,000 per contest. Head to DraftKings.com slash Modelo now to get in on the action. Modelo, prove your fighting spirit. Welcome back in. Final segment here of Point Spread Saturday on VEASAN, the sports betting network. I am Mark Zinno. Thank you for joining me here on this Saturday as we get you set for the NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball. Of course, we got some games on the ice tonight as well. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Appreciate you guys joining me here on Point Spread Saturday. And I'll be back tomorrow for Point Spread Sunday as we have four more NBA games to get to. Plenty more Major League Baseball, of course, and lots to do. So thanks for spending some time with us here on VSIN. Keep it locked into VSIN and VSIN.com for all of your sports handicapping needs. All right, my plays uh, for today. Starting in the NBA, as we just talked about, Rohit Panaya, uh, I like the Memphis Grizzlies today, laying the six and a half. Uh, I think this is a overconfident Minnesota Timberwolves team, uh, and this is a young, hungry, ready Grizzlies team for the postseason. John Morant now back healthy with them. I like them laying the six and a half, even though these are two of the top scoring offense, the top two scoring offenses in the NBA. Minnesota's defense is much worse than Memphis. Minnesota ranked 24th in the NBA in points allowed. They split the regular season series between the two teams, both straight up against the spread. But uh, Memphis averages the most field goal attempts per game, uh, and they make a lot of those shots, so they're clearly going to score. But not only do I like Memphis uh, minus the six and a half in the entire game, uh, I'm going to play Memphis minus two and a half in the first quarter. Memphis scores more than any team in the NBA on average in the first quarter this season. Uh, given this a one possession game right there with a, you know, two and a half, I think Memphis comes out hot. I don't think there'll be any jitters, any nerves or anything for this team. I think that arena is going to be incredibly loud and insane and, and they are going to get off to a fast start. John Morant won't let them struggle. Uh, so I like Memphis in the first quarter in that game as well. Uh, going to the Eastern conference now with Toronto and Philadelphia, uh, the Raptors getting four and a half points here in game one. I think there's a ton of pressure on Philly uh, to win game one at home. Toronto has been very good against the number this year. And not only that, they have covered all four games against the Philadelphia 76ers this year. And in fact, they were dogs in three of the four of those games. And so um, this is a Toronto team that, uh, you know, is very lengthy. Um, they're very athletic on the perimeter. I think it's a matchup nightmare for Philadelphia to start this game, to start this series. Toronto allows the second fewest field goal attempts per game. Uh, if they can frustrate James Harden uh, and, and force him into bad shots, you know, that's sort of a thing that James Harden does is take more bad shots. So this is a Philadelphia team right now that I'm not sure who they are. Uh, I'm not 100% confident in their offensive ability. They started out very hot. They have since slowed. Uh, to me, this is a Philadelphia team that, again, I think has a ton of pressure on them to win game one. Uh, Toronto should cover this game. They might even be able to win it outright. I think Philly's best chance and smartest play, the best free throw shooting team in the NBA, uh, get to the line a ton here. Take advantage of that. Uh, and if they can play with a lead and force Toronto to catch up, Toronto's offense isn't all that in a bag of chips. Um, it, it, it doesn't play well from behind. 
It plays very well with the lead. So uh, if Philadelphia can get out early, that's probably the best formula for them. Uh, but if Toronto takes an early lead, uh, they can control the pace of this thing and grind it down. The under also probably not a bad play in this one. Final NBA play for me, back to the Western Conference, Golden State and Denver. Uh, I like the over 223 in this spot. I think this is a depressed total, and we're, we don't know fully yet what the Warriors are going to look like with Steph Curry back in the lineup. I'll bet on the fact that they're going to look like the Golden State Warriors, the team that we know uh, in the way that they play. And so uh, when you're looking at a Denver team, um, that's one of the worst uh, field goal percentage defense teams in the NBA. Uh, when you have Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, uh, and everybody else, uh, that is a bad combination uh, for the Denver defense. And, and to me, it is a liability. Uh, Denver is also a very good scoring team, despite the fact that uh, – you know, you're looking at a Golden State team that has a great offense. Uh, this is a number I think that's way shorter than it should be, uh, given the offensive competency of both these two teams. So I'm going to go over 223 uh, between the Golden State Warriors and Denver Nuggets in their game one. Let's go over to Major League Baseball now. Uh, as a couple of plays that I have for today, I, I told you how much I love this first inning uh, run line number or first inning total, I should say, over a half, under a half. White Sox and Tampa Bay going under a half in this game uh, at minus 110. You got two competent starting pitchers and Corey Kluber and Michael Kopech in their first starts. They did not allow a first run. Here's the other thing, too. It's going to be about 40 degrees at first pitch at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Chicago. You're going to have about 12 to 15 mile an hour winds. Um, unless a pitcher makes an awful mistake, uh, it'll be a little bit before those players get really warm uh, in this game. I think this is a game that also goes uh, under the total, but still, uh, I like the first inning, especially at minus 110. It's not a steep price at all. Give me a scoreless first inning under a half run uh, in that game. Two plays for the Yankees in Baltimore. Going to take the Yankees uh, minus one and a half on the run line at minus 106. They lose a tough one last night. I think they'll dip bounce back. The Yankees have been great at Camden Yards in the recent years. They've seen to own the Orioles in Camden Yards. This is a bad Orioles pitching staff. Tyler Wells got rocked in his first start for the Birds. Uh, and James Tyon goes for the Yankees. He was very effective in his first start. And I also like his K-prop here, over four and a half at minus 134. It's very juicy. It's right at my threshold at about 135 of what I'm willing to pay on a K-prop. Uh, but the Orioles strike out more than any other team in Major League Baseball to start this year. They're averaging nearly 12 Ks a game uh, to start this. And the K-prop numbers, the, the market correction hasn't 100% come yet. A lot of these starters who went short in their first start, we'll get to go a little bit longer. Tyon only went five innings in his first start. He struck out six. If he's doing the same thing again, um, giving up two runs through five innings, the, the the Yankees will allow, Aaron Boone will allow him to stay in the game a little bit longer. But only getting over four and a half Ks here should be easy for James Tyon. Uh, and then I will go to the Kansas City Royals and Detroit Tigers. Chris Bubik, the starter for uh, Kansas City. His K prop is over four and a half uh, at plus 112. The Tigers uh, are just under 9Ks, averaging just under 9Ks per game. Last year, the Detroit Tigers were fourth worst in strikeout rate in Major League Baseball, meaning they struck out the fourth most times of any team in Major League Baseball last year. And I know that doesn't necessarily carry over, but still, um, this is a low enough number here against a team that's averaging nine strikeouts a game to start this year, which is a number where they were last year, picking up where they left off here. So I will take uh, – I will take – Chris Bubik to go over his four, his K's at four and a half at plus 112. Again, eyes on Hunter Green for the Cincinnati Reds, uh, the rookie flamethrower who had a great first start against the Atlanta Braves where he struck out seven uh, in his major league debut 
against a very competent Braves lineup. Going to be heading out west to face the Dodgers. Um, and his K prop is, is at four and a half. But the over is juiced. I'm looking at 145, 150. Uh, and the under is at plus 118. Now, the Dodgers are 11th in Major League Baseball this year in fewer strikeouts. Uh, so they're almost top 10 in fewer strikeouts per game. They don't strike out a lot. This is a very professional, accomplished lineup that the Dodgers have. Uh, and I don't know that they have the volatility that the Braves lineup has. And the Braves have struck out more times than any team in Major League Baseball to start this season, which I don't think is something that will continue for Atlanta. But situationally, that's where they are right now to start this season. They've been struggling. Uh, that's not the case for the Dodgers. I think this is a great underplay at plus money at plus 118. Um, might have been a great first start for the rookie Hunter Green. I don't know if he'll be able to bounce back that same way, especially back-to-back -back road starts against two uh, of the deepest, most powerful lineups in Major League Baseball in the Braves and the Dodgers. So um, it's juiced way too much for the over. I'm going to fade it and go to the under here and take the plus money at plus 118. A couple of picks on the ice this afternoon as well. Minnesota-St. Louis first period over one and a half at minus 144. Uh, Minnesota and St. Louis, two of five teams that have hit the over 40 times in the first period this year. They're both top seven uh, in first period overs this year. Wild, I think second right behind Florida as the number one team for first period overs in the NHL this year. So again, uh, I'm a little bit more liberal in the prices I'll pay on NHL first period overs uh, because there's less variance and the numbers have, have bared themselves out um, percentage wise for that. So at minus 144, it's not terrible. And then Tampa Bay, Winnipeg, over five and a half goals. Very short number. Winnipeg, the only team that's on a back-to-back. -back. Tampa Bay has a very high-powered offense. Even though you get a good goaltender uh, in Hellebuck for Winnipeg, uh, you're looking at a team that may be a little bit tired. And Tampa Bay will take advantage and should be able to get over five and a half goals in that one. So that those are my plays for the entire slate for today in Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, and the NHL. Again, give me a follow on Twitter, at Mark Zeno. Hit me up there. Love to talk sports betting and handicapping with you all. Don't hesitate to reach out and let me know what your thoughts are, whether you agree or disagree. Back tomorrow right here on Beeson for Point Spread Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. Appreciate you guys spending your Saturday morning with us here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Back tomorrow with Point Spread Sunday. Good luck with all your bets today and every day. Have a great day, everybody. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.